John Eno, and welcome to the Reed Smith Podcast, Inclusivity Included, Powerful Personal Stories. In each episode of this podcast, our guests will share their personal stories, passions, and challenges, past and present, all with a goal of bringing people together and learning more about others. You might be surprised by what we all have in common, inclusivity included. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Reed Smith's Inclusivity Included. Uh, Today is a special episode uh, on the responding to the coronavirus. It's following up on our earlier special episode we did on strategies to remain inclusive during the coronavirus crisis. Uh, Today, we're privileged to have our chief HR officer, Kevin Skelton, who is based in London, as well as Jenny Taylor, who is the director of HR for Europe, Middle East, and Asia for Reed Smith. And Jenny is also um, in London. Hello, Kevin and Jenny. Hi, John. Great to be Hi. here. Hi, John. Good to be here. Yeah, it's great. And so today, you know, in our last episode, we talked kind of generally, Ivelisse Crespo and I spoke generally about some of the things that organizations and leaders should be doing during the coronavirus to make sure we're reaching our people and staying inclusive. And today, we thought we'd drill down a little bit more into that and into some of the specific tactical programs that organizations, in particular what Reed Smith is doing in response to the crisis, um, how we're engaging our people around the world and some special programs that we, we've already launched and um, hopefully with, with lots of success. I want to start off just by um, setting a, a little bit of the, 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 the background here is in October of this year, I actually spoke on a panel at the Minority Corporate Council Association's conference of other chief diversity officers. And I threw out the 600-pound gorilla in the room at the time saying, you know, at some point, we're going to go into recession. And when we do, the question is, what will happen to DNI programmings and, and the like? And um, nobody really wanted to face that, but I thought it's something at least we should be um, thinking about. And my my advice and my my points I tried to make is is that your DNI programs really need to be aligned with the organization's key goals, and whether that's revenue, performance, uh, management of human capital. Um, and to the extent your DNI programs are just standalone, you know, nice to have things on on the outskirts, it really results in uh, the DNI programs really not being integrated with everything. And um, we've been very fortunate is that in response to this crisis, our DNI program has um, aligned with, in particular, our HR department led by Kevin, Jenny, and. Nita Gordon in the U.S. And what we've done is um, we've created a task force or a steering committee to respond to the coronavirus crisis where the uh, DNI programs are linked up with all the things that the HR department is doing. And we so we have our employee resource groups, which we call business inclusion groups, uh, working side by side and coordinated through this uh, task force uh, to make sure that we are uh, not only aware of what everyone else is doing, but we are really collaborating very, very closely. So that's what we really wanted to talk about today is uh, some of the things that we're doing here at Reed Smith in coordination with various programs across the, um, across the organization. So let me first turn to Kevin to talk in particular, what, what is the um, HR department doing uh, to uh, kind of respond to this crisis? I know there's a lot there, but what are the, some of the things that you're doing? Yeah, thanks, John. I mean, it, it's certainly uh, hopefully a once-in-a-lifetime crisis, and the HR department, just like the rest of the firm, has really come together to you know help ourselves as individuals and a team and the rest of the firm through the crisis. Uh, which I think is really important. I, I think there are a number of stages to that. The first was the very early decision 
the first major law firm to to scatter and go to full work from home. I think that was a critical decision and, and, and a brave decision for the firm to make, but I think it was the right decision. I think that enabled us to really put in motion uh, a strategy that protected our people, protected our clients and protected our business. So I think that was a really good, rounded decision to make. And as you mentioned, John, the the, the, the coming together of strategy around DNI and people and business, I think that decision really showed how how it can all come together to the benefit of all groups. So we're really pleased that that happened quickly. And then I think we're working our way through some stages. The, the first stage uh, was to really operationalize uh, working remotely. For many people, it was a new experience. For those of us who are used to working remotely, it was a new experience as well because we're now doing it full time and, and that does feel different. So I think we're going to go through uh, several stages, the first of which is to get people up and running and operating effectively. It's then going to be to give them some routine, some structure, some process, and then it's going to be helping them optimize their performance and maybe get some of the benefits of, of working remotely. So. I think that's really been the overarching strategy of both the HR uh, function and the uh, the coronavirus response team that, that we that we put together, which is a cross-functional, cross-departmental team. So um, that that's the overarching approach that we've taken so far. You know, I, I liken it, uh, Kevin, uh, to um, now this is a more of a U.S. Um, analogy, but uh, there's a uh, you know a federal response, and then there's a state and local response. And so what we've tried to do is make sure that, you know, at the overall HR and, and, and DNI department responses, that's kind of at, at a federal level, what, which things you can do, but you also need the individual programs. And that's what I would call the state and local programs. But uh, those individual programs to be, you know, having their own uh, flavor, their own uh, mandates, but all in coordination. So um, the, the beauty of having our, our task force or our steering committee is that we all are talking about what we're doing. We're coordinating this on, on, a, on a regular basis so that it all kind of fits together. One program that uh, sticks out to me um, is our wellness program. We call it Wellness Works at Reed Smith. But uh, maybe um, Jenny or Kevin, you can give a little background on the program, but more specifically, how is that um, you know, really taking front and center in terms of reaching out to our people? Like you say, people are feeling, you know, maybe they feel isolated. Maybe they have to deal with, you know, some specific issues, whether it's child care, elder care, you know, mental, mental health around these. What is our wellness program uh, doing in particular? Well, what Wellness Works um, program is, um, as a program, is is there to help promote the well-being of attorneys and professional staff across all of the firm. Um, it's been running for quite a while, but with the move to more remote working, it's it's moved to Wellness Works at home. And really, we've been looking at, well, what about working at home? What do we need to do to help support people who are now having to work in a way with partners, with children, um, and other issues that they're having to deal with just to remain productive? Um, managing kids and schooling with the schools closing, uh, an awful lot of information we were, we were able to provide to help people think about well, what's the best way to homeschool? What's the best way to keep my kids entertained? How can I manage this and certainly a lot of the activities we've been doing is curating a lot of information that's already out there for people but putting it together in the, in the resource resource pack that people can access very easily and also as you, as you mentioned there John it's, it's not just about families um, of small children or working alongside a, a partner it is elder care at home 
and what does that mean when you've got um, elderly that you're trying to manage or even trying to, to stay in contact with remotely during a time when actually accessibility is very limited. So again, it's providing resources to people. One thing also we've been able to do through the Wellness Works programme is to provide um, access to things like webinars and other useful information that people may find valuable to help both themselves and their families, mindfulness, different hints and tips and ideas that are coming to us from outside organisations that we would work with normally. And it's a whole series of information and resource that people can access very easily through our, our space, which is our internet that we have internally within the firm. It's, we're very fortunate because we introduced our wellness programs quite a while ago um, when, um, you know, it was very hats off to Kevin and, and the whole HR team for really um, having that program. Um, similarly, we launched our mental health task force uh, last year, which uh, really uh, was spurned by the importance of, in the, of mental health, not only for attorneys, but for all of our staff. And the fact that we had our mental health task force up and running um, there to support our people and during this time um, has been critical. Um, so Kevin and Jenny, talk a little bit about the needs. And, and what I'm thinking about here is the diversity and inclusion, the big message that we tried to mission, we try to make sure we get across is that, um, you know, people are different. And I, I certainly commented that people react to crises in different ways. People react to being uh, working remotely in different ways. We can't expect everyone to you know, all be uh, wanting to get on Zoom calls and, 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 or the like video conferencing and like uh, because of different personalities. But as you think about like a mental health task force, what are some of the specific things we're trying to address with that program's outreach now? Yeah, John, it's, it, it's a great question. And I think that one of the key things that we have to be careful around, uh, particularly with remote working, is, is the potential for people to become isolated. And, you know, the fact is, as you mentioned, we all come at things from a different way. And uh, for some people, the workplace is a very social meaning as well. They, they may get their social interaction through work. They may live by themselves. Uh, and, and therefore, this period can be really isolating for, for those people. So, you know, I think we go through some stages here. And, and, and one is building building awareness and the uh, the task force has done a great job with that. That there's some fantastic materials uh, out there on the mental health task force page. There's some great podcasts on that, and I think just helping people understand that it can be natural to feel isolated during this period. It is a really starting. I mean, a, a lot of me mental health really builds on people's self awareness. So I think the fact that understanding that isolation is something to be to be careful of is a really is a really important step um so i think i think that's really important but i think getting people to adapt to how they used to work and to accept that it's going to be different and you know there are several things that are really important for generically obviously because we're all individuals but 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 for people's mental health so for instance a good routine a sense of purpose sleep exercise diet are all really important and it, it can be very challenging in a new environment just to find yourself you know waking up in the morning you're missing your normal social cues of a commute and maybe you pop into your regular coffee shop to, to stock up and get the day going and, and and you can just find yourself moving 
you know, very easily into a routine where you're, you know, you're turning your laptop on, you're sitting in front of it for, for 12 hours and then you're, you know, you're turning it off. And, and, and that sort of can become a, a bit of an onslaught of a routine. So I think people you know, need to be aware of the need to move around, to exercise, to take breaks. And, and one real specific that I'd just like to mention that we're, we're really working on at the moment is, is transitioning between work in the home and not working in the home. And I think this is a really important issue in the current environment. We, you know, we need people to, to make that break between when they're stopping for the day, you know, they're, they're working up to a point, they're stopping, they're transitioning, and then they're moving on with their life outside work. And I think uh, without the break of a commute, it can be easy to miss that transition point. And I think it's really important because otherwise you're moving into the sort of the always on. And that, and that's, as we know, is uh, can be very detrimental for, for people's mental health. That's that I agree a hundred percent or 110% with that. And I, I found that, you know, the longer we're getting into um, the, um, the, the working remotely, those um, issues are starting to become more acute. Um, you know, at the beginning, maybe just the novelty of, of, of working from home was, um, was, uh, one thing, but now that it's going to, like you say, becoming more uh, routine, um, the, the, the need to check out, um, I, for example, um, uh, recently last Sunday, uh, just completely logged off all, all computer, you know, computer access. And I just, uh, uh, wanted to just completely, um, uh, check out and it was important just to create that separation between the work and, um, you know, the home with, you know, your computers being there, your phones being there all the time. The temptation is to never really leave the office. Uh, and so it's so, so important. I'm also, um, conscious of, of some of the things that we're, we're doing as well. Um, you know, we're very fortunate in, in law firms, uh, for the most part in that, you know, compared to some other industries, um, uh, in terms of the, 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 the loss of, uh, of jobs, the loss of, you know, unemployment, you know, so many businesses are actually having to close now and saying the deaths and, and the think about the healthcare workers, all the things that they're doing. So one of the things I know, um, we're also doing just featuring the volunteerism and one of the ways that we cope with um, or get through some of these crises is by giving back and helping others. And when we help others, um, we end up also helping ourselves. So maybe you can highlight a little bit of, um, call it uh, at Reed Smith, at our best, but some of the programs that we're doing to encourage people to give and give give back during these times. The the program that you referred to, to John, was one that was put forward, I think, think by, by Casey Ryan, who had seen story of somebody who is serving officer, in fact, who has gone back to su- supporting in this local region. Um, I think it's a food bank and support to local community that he's been doing, which has been utterly amazing. And that's now been opened out to across the firm. And there have been some fantastic stories that have come in, and most recently the ones that come to mind, of those people who have kept the offices going and they're the ones that have still been going back into the office, same as the skeleton crew, possibly driving into the office rather than going through public transport, but being there to sort the post, to do some printing where it's being required, to, to even sort out some IT. And very much actually in the early days, they, they were the ones who were there for the couriers, helping to ship out maybe a particular chair someone might have had in the office because they've got um, back problems and they wanted that chair shipped out. And they've done all these fantastic things 
to both help the firm keep going and importantly to set the firm up really, really well in the early stages and, and make it easy for people to start working remotely from home. And as you say, it's those good stories, the, the real positive ones that people hear of how people have put themselves out for others and being supportive of others, I think is really important. Um, and it ties in also to the, the wellness work programs when you when we talk about those things that you can be doing with children as well. And it's where you've seen um, the children, say here in, in the UK, they've been putting um, rainbows in the window. Um, and across the world, we've seen people come out at eight o'clock in the evening to cheer for the, their health service. And it's those things that really make people feel very positive during a really very, very uncertain time um, for many, as you've already said. I know one I saw, saw recently, um, so our some of our attorneys, um, Liza Craig and Liling Po, had, who had been doing some work around the CARES Act and uh, small business loan um the new laws, um, had done a webinar for hairdressers and people who own salons who are obviously can't even work right now and so are really, really pressed, but uh, walking them through the um, SBA loan process and, and answering all the questions regarding the new um, CARES Act. And it was, um, again, just volunteering the community, but the uh, response was incredible in terms of you know the help and uh, giving people some some help there. Like talk a little bit about um, what we're doing on the on the DNI side. Um, as soon as the um, crisis hit and people started working remotely, within that week we recognized that the need to reach out to our people. We have we call it business inclusion groups or BIGs, which are the equivalent of um, employee resource groups or affinity groups that other organizations have. But we really um, activated them at that time. You know, at first we maybe were in a little bit of transition, but as soon as everyone got up and running, we thought it was especially important for those groups to reach out to their people. And so the steering committee, the task force we have, the meetings are to make sure that we're sharing what uh, other groups are doing that uh, has had great success. Some of the examples, our um, disability group right away started uh, twice a, a week uh, virtual coffees. It's the equivalent of that water cooler talk that uh, we typically w- would be able to have in, in, when you're in the office. But uh, they've come up with specific topics uh, in each one. Maybe it might be a favorite book or or favorite or, or article or music that they listen to. Our Unidos, who is our uh, Latino um, Hispanic group at a virtual cafecito. Uh, and they've also shared out Spotify playlists uh, that have some of their favorite music to bring people together. Similarly, our, our African-American uh, Black group has also had a number of uh, virtual meetings to support each other, but also to talk about what some of the people are doing. Um, and so more globally, that's what I would call on the state or local level. But on the federal level, the DNI program we are staying with our, our mission, which is to celebrate our diversity and to have people appreciate you know, the differences that we have throughout the organization. And so in, this is uh, being April, we are celebrating Diversity Month and um, trying to understand where, where the commonalities would be uh, between everyone. And we we're revolving around food. And so we have our cooking um, with Reed Smith. And using the cuisines from across the world, from across cultures, to highlight you know the differences and to also highlight the commonalities and strengths. We are, are at the end of the month having a, a series of uh, videos and and having a little fun celebrating our, our differences and, and highlighting the strength of how how we are. So just a little highlights uh, about all the things we're doing. 
in our uh, DNI program in collaboration with uh, what Wellness Works and our HR department are, are doing. I also wanted to explore a little bit uh, with uh, Kevin and Jenny in particular because this has historically been a, a U.S. audience, but I'd love to um, hear what's going on in the U.K. that might be a little different than what we're experiencing over here. Sure. Um, I mean, I think one thing I would say, John, is that this crisis has, has absolutely confirmed to me that, that Reed Smith has a, has a great culture that is really supportive of everyone in the firm you know one of the best things that we can do during this period is really stay connected so you know we've spent some time talking about programs and we've got more programs come in around mindfulness around different sorts of outreach but one of the best things we can do is just to connect with one another so uh, I was talking to somebody earlier who had just taken the time to to call a couple of people they hadn't spoken to for a few weeks and I and I think that sort of personalization is really important at the moment. Um, I think it can bring sort of that feeling of, of inclusion in its, in its broadest sense, but it also can bring um, a sense of energy to both, both parties. So I think it's really, it's really great when we see connection like that. I think um, the response to the, to the pandemic in, in, in the UK is, is definitely gone through stages. And, and I think it did. It did start with quite a sort of low key. Is this really serious? Uh, type response, but it, it certainly escalated as as we saw a coronavirus outbreak uh, really explode into Europe, um, initially through Italy and, and Spain, but but now in the UK, and um, it, it it certainly feels it certainly feels very close to home. I I do think it has brought a sense of greater community. And that would be one thing that I, you know, it would be the one thing that I think I hope lasts beyond the pandemic when hopefully we, you know, we get past this stage and we return to whatever normality will be. But, but I think that sense of community, I think that sense of togetherness, I think a sense of looking out for one another is, is, is good. Uh, Jenny mentioned earlier the, the 8 p.m. Thursday sort of, uh, applause for the NHS for the health workers has, has, has definitely grown enormously it, it now has its own slot on, on the BBC um, and it, it, it's a big thing and um, I think it's I think it's really helped to engender a good spirit but also it's helped to enforce this the, the, the lockdown we're, we're into week four we expect it to be expanded for another three or four weeks so you know that would be seven or eight weeks of of lockdown or you know if you have parents as I do who are in the very vulnerable category they're already on week five so um, there's some significant change going on but I think that you know the general feeling uh, of togetherness has been great and, and I think we've had more than 500,000 people volunteer to uh, help the NHS call in, call in isolated people delivering food to them um, so I think that really shows that the, the level of response that's come together. And we've certainly seen that in the firm. People are very, very watchful of one another. They're in, they're in contact. They're looking out for one another. So I think that's, uh, you know, shown great credit to the, to the culture. And, of the firm. and I was just going to say, uh, to 
carry on from, from Kevin's point about the connectivity that we've seen across the firm. And I would just like to say, you know, our, our Asian colleagues, those who experienced this first, um, certainly um, layers, watchful eyes, helping and supporting and giving an enormous amount of guidance. And, you know, in the early days when, when it was all very new for us and it all seemed um, quite strict, certainly conversations that, that I and others have with our colleagues who've been in, in, in Hong Kong, who've been in, in lockdown for quite some time, we're talking about how it feels. And initially it sounded very alien, but then as you started through the weeks, feeling that yourself, um, it, they were providing so much thoughts and guidance uh, around what they thought needed to be done or indeed how they had seen and experienced it. So it was in some ways wonderful to learn um, in such sad circumstances, but the sharing that we got from them, I think, has been, been phenomenal. And also, I suppose, as we're moving through this, um, different countries in different places so learning and supporting one another around how their governments and local territories are dealing with the crisis and what it means for them and also what it will mean for them as they come out of this and you know some will go earlier than others and how we again can learn from them and and support them but also when it comes to the uk and other places we can learn and, and take from that and i think that that openness to want to share and help and support has, has been phenomenal both internally within the firm and externally as well and I think this connectivity has been important but also this slowing down of pace for everybody to an extent of of you are limited to what you can do and where you can go which means that when you are allowed to go outside it is a lot quieter it feels very different which does allow more time to to actually think about what does this what, what matters to me and what are the things that I want to continue to do as we go back to commuting back into the city, commuting back into work. Um, what's been important and what am I want to keep, wanting to keep? Great, great points, uh, Jenny and, and Kevin. What, what stands out for me is we're very fortunate uh, as a global firm to, like you say, having our Asian colleagues who had already gone through this with the SARS pandemic as well to you know, give us that insight and uh, prepare us and be ready for some of the things we needed to do. And Kevin, you know what what really strikes me about the difference between the UK and the US is, and maybe it's perhaps your, your own Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, having um, contracted the virus and gone into intensive care. This kind of brought it home as a nation that, you know, regardless of your political affiliation, when you see, you know, that level of crisis, it really brought the nation together. And unfortunately, in the U.S., I think we're still divided so politically, it's really hard to watch the news because, um, you know, it, it's we should be bringing ourselves together in times like these as opposed to, you know, still continuing to, to, to fight politically. So it's a, it's a spirit I hope we can all learn uh, from what's happened in, in the U.K., and I just wanted to close with a couple of thoughts that Kevin, you had picked up, you had said earlier, is that you know the importance of DNI and inclusion is to make sure that we're thinking about all of our people. When uh, times are tough, we tend to gravitate around those that we feel most comfortable with, and that really is, it can be ex excluding and it could be isolating for some people that whether they're not in the the in group, the the core group, or people that are you know maybe new to the organization and don't have those types of relationships. So that's why it's been so important, whether it's from the HR group, uh, the HR department, the DNI efforts, uh, the, what the wellness programs that we're really trying to reach everyone. And I've seen a really intentional, focused effort from our leadership and from team leaders, from uh, partners that uh, have reached out to every member of their team 
and you know with through our DNI groups, uh, reaching out to every member of our team and checking in. It could be formal through you know these um, programs, or like you say, just a quick phone call and, and checking in to see how people are doing on a personal level. And so I've been really, really pleased to see that level of effort. And from a DNI and inclusion perspective, that people are in their hearts looking out for everyone, and that's uh, been so impressive during these times. Um, before we close, I just wanted to leave with one last thought. Um, you know, I've said to certainly all of our leadership throughout the firm is that at some point, you know, we know we'll get back to some sort of normalcy. This crisis will be over. And at that point, uh, we want to look back on, I said, you should look back on what you did during this crisis and what your culture was during this crisis and how you respond to this crisis and how you treated your people during this crisis. More than anything, how do you want to be remembered as an organization uh, when this, when the dust settles? And that reputation, how you'll be remembered will last a lot longer than the virus. It's an opportunity to shine. It's an opportunity to really display what your culture is. And so I'm very proud that what all the things that we've done and uh, and will continue to do and encourage all the leaders uh, that listen to this podcast to uh, think about doing the same. So with that, Kevin, Jenny, I thank you for coming in to, to today to share a little bit about what we're doing. We are just uh, pr- uh, really pr- proud to, uh, to, to work side by side with you in, in, in all these uh, efforts. Thanks, John. It's been great to have the opportunity to, uh, to talk about it. And, um, you know, we have a great culture here. So it's, it's, it's that culture that underpins and sustains all our DNI efforts. So it's, uh, you know, it's one we can be very proud of. Thank you. Inclusivity Included is a Reed Smith production. Our producer is Ali McArdle, available on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and readsmith.com. This podcast is provided for educational purposes. It does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. Prior results do not guarantee a similar outcome. All rights reserved. 